How about that? All right. <laughs> well, ladies, I, I'm very humbled and almost had a little boo-hoo moment with God this morning to say, God, I can't believe I get to do this. I can't believe I get to be part of something that you have put together. Women coming from all walks of life. Um, you know, it, here at Res Life, we talk a lot about generations ministry, but that usually refers to, like, um, nursery through, like, access college age. But I call this a generations ministry. We've got all ages, all decades, and it's so amazing to me that God gathers us, and he draws you. You have so many things that you could do with your time, but you're choosing to be here. And I don't take that lightly. God doesn't take that lightly. And it's an honor and it's a privilege to serve you and to be a voice that can speak what I believe God is leading us here at Impact. I don't ever want to take your time for granted. I don't ever want to waste an opportunity or a moment to speak life. Because this isn't about fluff. This isn't about just discussing our problems and never going to the one who has the answer. This is about life-changing, heart-rearranging, not just self-motivating, not self-help books that have good suggestions, but it's about really pressing in and finding the treasure buried in the Word of God that can now become my treasure, that completely changes me. You know, there might be people in your life that you sure wish they'd change. And, when, and I'm going to be happier. My life will be easier when they change. But when you pray for them, guess what God's going to do first? He's going to change you. He's going to change you. The answer isn't waiting for them to change. The answer is, God, I'm surrendering me first. Make me part of the solution and not part of the problem. Give me a word of life to speak. And so that's what my heart is, is that you will always receive a word of life. But first I wanted to read this to you. I stole it right off of Facebook, so it's not original. I tweaked it just a little bit. But first I want to say Happy New Year. And oftentimes with the new year, we think about new gear, right? What's new? This is a different season. What are we going to do differently? But I saw this um, on a friend's wall, and I had to steal it. And it says, hello all. Welcome to flight uh, hashtag 2019. We are prepared to take off into a brand new year. Please make sure your attitude and gratitude are secured and locked in an upright position. All self-destructive devices should be turned off at this time. Please place all negativity, hurt, and discouragement securely under the seat in front of you and leave it there. Should we lose altitude under pressure during the flight, reach up and pull down a prayer. Prayers will automatically be activated by faith. Once your faith is activated, you can assist other passengers. There will be no excess baggage allowed on this flight. Captain Jesus has cleared us for takeoff. Please be sure your seatbelts are securely fashioned, fastened and enjoy the flight. Destination, greatness. Destination, Breakthrough. Destination, healed. Destination, set free. Destination, you are more than a conqueror. Amen? Let's, let's just receive that. So I want to say in women's ministry, fasten your seatbelts, because I believe God is taking us somewhere that we need to go, and he's going to make sure that we get there. All right. So how many of you actually make resolutions? Oh, come on. <laughs> 
Okay, because I'm going to share mine with you. And they're very deep. So let me just kind of prepare myself to deliver this. Okay. Always charge my cell phone every night. That's one. Never leave the house without my cell phone. You know, as soon as I do that, something major happens. And my husband says, I couldn't reach you the day I forgot my cell phone. Clean out my purse regularly. It is not a garbage can. <laughs> Never drink coffee in the car without a travel mug. Anybody tracking with me on that? I spilled a whole cup of coffee with heavy cream in it. And I literally had to go get my, my car uh, detailed because it just smelled like sour milk for a month. All right, I'm not going to do that anymore. But I did it this morning. Okay, got to keep working here. And here's my last one that my husband will truly appreciate. When the TV is left on and I wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning, never buy infomercial stuff. Just not a good time to make those decisions. Three easy payments of $39.99. What was I thinking? All right. Don't do that anymore. So that's pretty deep, right? <laughs> the most common ones are about losing weight, exercise, eat healthy. You know what? Those are all good things. Even my cell phone things are good because I need to remember to do that. But you know what? Those are all outward behaviors. Those are all external things. And should we work on some of those things? Sure. Sure we can. But you know what? Jesus did not die for my behavior modification. He died to truly set me free. And so often, what we do is we, we deal with the externals, but there's a deeper thing happening that's driving that. Okay, so why am I overeating? Well, because I can't face that thing. And instead of feeding on God's word, I'm trying to bury that thing that's really worrying me, that's really on my heart. What am I going to do about that? I can... Exercise self-discipline, we should do that too. But don't forget that self-discipline uh, is actually a fruit of the Holy Spirit. So it's not that you have to be this super-disciplined wonder woman. It's like, God, ugh, I don't have what it takes to discipline myself in this area. But I do possess all the fruit of the Holy Spirit because I'm yours. So God, I'm going to just ask by your Holy Spirit to draw out that self-discipline because I don't have the ability to do this thing that I know would be good for me, something that needs to change. And it's a supernatural ability that you already have. It's in your spirit, girl, because your spirit, girl, saved, doesn't want to sin, has all the fruit of the Spirit. And now we learn to draw on what is already there. And your mind has to stop talking louder than your spirit, girl. And you, you tell your mind, no, we're not going to do that anymore because I know that God has a better way. God, help. I need help. I need strength. Help me to move in the direction that you've already empowered me to do. But we've got to make that turn, and we've got to make that switch, and we've got to realize that we've got it in us because he has done it in us. So again, it's not just good enough to try and change the behaviors. Let's go deeper. Let's go to the foundations. And the title of my message today is Building Firm Foundations. See, I believe I'm sharing the very core of what God has called me to do here. Like I said, I'm not happy to just play church. We're going deeper. 
We're going to heart change because out of the heart flow the issues of life. That's the most important stuff. One day, several years ago now, I was walking. I need to get back to walking. But I had this course, and I, I just for months and months and months had always walked the same course. It's about four and a half miles. And I got to this part, was supposed to be all sidewalk, and it was completely dug up. And as I walked, I had to walk around huge pipes and culverts and watch out for backing up, beep, 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 you know, heavy machinery. And I'm trying to pick my way through this very, uh, maybe about a half mile stretch where they were doing major excavation and construction. They had totally ripped up um, two out of the four lanes of this um, kind of busy road. And as I walked past where they were digging, I don't know if I've ever seen deeper holes that were just, you know, for, for this type of thing. But they were burying cables and culverts and, and phone lines, all kinds of things. And it was, a, like I said, a major construction. And I was just in awe of everything going on. I felt like a four-year-old, you know, big machines and everything going on here. I, I was pretty, um, actually, uh, I, I could kind of stopped walking for a few minutes. But I heard the Holy Spirit say something to me at that moment. And he said, Karen, I'm doing a deep work in you, laying foundational truth deeply into your life. Allow me to do the excavating. Deepen your faith and your, change your belief structure. Let me construct a new thing in the infrastructure of your faith and your beliefs, because that's what they were doing. They were building infrastructure, and infrastructure makes things strong, unshakable, immovable. It undergirds, and it becomes the very foundation. And so how stable is the infrastructure of our faith? What happens in your life when the world starts shaking? What happens when something happens that you cannot explain? What happens when you want to shake your fist at God and say, why? What happens when every wind of doctrine comes your way? How stable is the infrastructure of your faith and your relationship with Jesus? Do I major on the why and limit God? because I can only believe in something I can understand? Or can I trust him? Can I trust him that he's going to bring us through? We sing songs about we will not be shaken. We will not be shaken. But I'm telling you what, if there are cracks in our foundation, you will shake. And there's no condemnation in this message. I hope you know my heart. But I think we should talk about what's shaken. What's causing us to shake? Because I believe that God wants to build a firm foundation under your feet so no matter what happens in our life, no matter what happens in the world, everything could be shaken around you, but you are going to stand strong. But you've got to put your feet on a solid rock and a solid foundation. And I believe what God was saying to me that day that I took that walk, and he says, I'm going to rebuild something in your life that is better than where you've been. He's taking me and, take, I believe, taking us, ladies, to a new place. 
God wants to build that firm foundation, but sometimes what causes cracks in our, in our foundation are the lies that we're believing. And we talk about that a lot, especially in Freedom Ministries. You know, if you believe a lie, then to you it's true. But if we're believing the devil's lies, that's an, that's, we've given him permission to bring destruction. What does he bring? Destruction, death, stealing, killing, and destroying. But the opposite of truth are lies. So let's go to that slide. Lies we believe hold us captive. Truth we receive truly sets us free. So sometimes we just need the Holy Spirit to reveal to us what are the lies that we're believing. A lie that I used to believe is that I used to believe that when I got sick, that God was slowing me down because I needed to spend more time in the Word of God. And if I had spent more time in the Word of God, I wouldn't have gotten sick. You know what? That's a lie. That's a lie. Sickness doesn't come from God, number one. It's part of the stealing, killing, and the destruction of the enemy because Jesus says, I only bring life. And when he died on the cross, he took all of our sickness and diseases and he shed his blood and he says, by my stripes, you can walk in healing. So that was a lie that I believed because you know what that did to me? How can I trust a God who might make me sick? Truth is, he doesn't. And I can trust a God who already paid the price that I can walk in healing and wholeness and health. Anybody say amen to that? All right. So sometimes there's cracks in our foundation because of lies that we're believing. And so, we, again, it is the work of the Holy Spirit to reveal truth to us. So let's be truth seekers. Let's be willing to say, God, I'm going to lay some of these things on the table, especially the ones I don't understand, and trust you to show me the truth. And you'll know it's true because it'll set you free. And it'll bear good fruit in your life. And we need every truth that we receive always lines up with his word and his character. Who he is and what he has said. So foundations are so important. I looked up um, actually an article about what happens um, in an earthquake and how important foundations are to a building. And I thought this was very interesting. It said, a stable foundation is a major characteristic of a building, a large structure, regardless of any natural disaster risks. It is critical for a building's long-term survival, and a stronger foundation is necessary to resist an earthquake. Buildings designed to withstand violent earthquakes have deep foundations and driven piles. I said, yes, God, go deep into our foundations so I can withstand the earthquakes of life. So when I don't get it, so why did this happen to that person? I don't blame you, God. I just simply say, God, I'm going to trust you to show me truth. And if it's important for me to know all the details, I believe that you're going to show me. But right now, you're still good. You have nothing but good for us, and you're all about life, and that's where I'm going to, that's my foundation that I'm going to stand on. So it's important, isn't it, to have our foundations firm. Psalm 55, 22 says, cast your burden upon the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. Isn't that cool? 
The shaking doesn't come from God, all right? So we don't want to join in the shaking that doesn't come from God. He gives us a safe place to stand where you will never be shaken. Psalm 62, 2 says, He only is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I shall not be greatly shaken. So we just thank God that he provides that. So what I want to do is go through three what I believe foundational truths are that will help us build that firm foundation. In no way is this, uh, are these all of them, but I ask God to show me three very simple things that help us build a firm foundation that we can live on. And uh, foundational truth number one, da, 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 da. know your God uppercase G, because <laughs> there's lots of gods out there, small g, but there's only one God. Do we know him? Paul said it best in Philippians 3.10. He says, for my determined purpose is that I may know him. And the knowing is this, progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly, and that I may in the same way come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection, which it exerts over believers, and that I may so share his sufferings as to be continually transformed in spirit into his likeness, even to his death. So progressively becoming more deeply, more intimately acquainted with him, perceiving in a new way the wonders of his person. Isn't that beautiful? His, God is wonderful. And if we limit him to our understanding based on our experiences with maybe an earthly father or friends or what, whoever in your life, uh, we are going to miss out on the wonder of his person. And so I like to approach God and say, show me something about you that I don't already know. And help me to know it. Really know it. It becomes part of my foundation. And you know, this is something very, very personal for me. Because um, years ago, again, when God was calling me into to teaching in the ministry, um, one of the things that became foundational for me in the call that I felt that I received is he asked me a question. And he said, will you defend the honor of my name? I said, yes. Yes, I will. When he is misrepresented as the one, like, for instance, who sends sickness, oh, I'm going to defend that one because that's not our God. And when people think that God is angry and he's mean and, and you better watch out because you never know what God's going to, you know, cause some kind of catastrophe or tragedy to teach you something, oh, no, 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 I'm going to defend the honor of his name always. And so knowing him puts, us, put, puts our feet on a firm foundation because of this. You will never trust someone whom you do not know. Knowing God is loving God because you will fall in love with him over and over and over again. How many of you love a good romance, right? Okay, girls, that's just part of how we're wild, uh, wired. <laughs> wild, <laughs> oops. <laughs> but God, let God romance you. Let him woo you. 
He loves you and he loves you tenderly. And maybe you haven't tapped into that part of him. And some people say, oh, I've never thought of him in that way. But he loves you. He loves you. And we don't even know the depth of that love. And so I love to ask him, can you show me something new about your love today? It It becomes real in your life. It becomes foundational. I know my God and he loves me and he would never do that to me. So that can't be from God because I serve a loving God. And I'm starting to find out just how much he loves me. So um, if we don't know him, we won't trust him. And sometimes we try to handle things ourselves, right? We become rescuer, redeemer. I've got this all figured out. I'm going to fix this. We become our own source of help and strength. And there are days when we come to the end of ourselves. So what happens when all of our go-tos that have always worked, oh, no, I'll just call my girlfriend, I'll just, um, I'll just eat a little bit of chocolate, that'll help. Uh, I'm going to go on the shopping network, that always makes me feel better. Um, don't, what if they don't work anymore? What are you going to do now? Again, take this without condemnation, but I believe this is true. The areas that we struggle and the areas where we worry are the very areas that we do not know our God. There's a little shaking going on. I can't shake this worry. I'm having such a hard time. I'm worrying day and night. I'm afraid. What is this fear thing? I don't know why I burst out in anger all the time. What's underneath that, God? But to know him is to trust him. And now there's an area that maybe you need to get to know him. Because my own fear, uh, my own testimony involves getting authority over a spirit of fear that began to take over my life, my thinking, began to manifest itself in some really creepy ways because I just thought it was me. And what became real in my life I had to come to the place, a humble place, and say, God, I don't know what's happening in my life. But he revealed to me that I had been walking in a spirit of fear. And it took some walking out. It took some taking authority. It took some time. But in Jesus' name, he said, you better just pick up your sword and face that fear and know that I have already caused you to overcome. You are more than a conqueror. I haven't given you that spirit of fear, but I have given you power over it. So take it. Oh, I was just a doormat for a spirit of fear. Whatever it said, I listened and I went, and I know at some point that fear was trying to short circuit the call of God in my life because I would never, ever have dared to stand before you today. But God has delivered me from a spirit of fear and it might speak to me because it's a spirit. It's dumb. It just keeps trying and trying. But I've got my foundation on the word of God, and it does not get to me like it used to. And if it does, the Holy Spirit taps me on the shoulder and says, "Ah, ah, ah." we don't do that anymore. Because those are lies, and you know the truth. Pick up your sword and just keep standing. And you will gain victory over victory over victory over victory. The more you walk, just walk, just walk and walk and pick up the, the word of God is your only weapon that really works in every situation. And Google is your best friend. So look up every scripture in that area that you struggle and get to know your God. 
get to know your God, that I did not know he was my protector. I, did, I knew it in my head that he was supposed to be my protector and defender, but I did not look to him for that. I did not know him as my protector and defender. And I finally, one day, my husband said to you, he said, Karen, I cannot keep you safe. Only, uh, he says, it would only take someone breaking into our house, bonking me on the head, and now what are you going to do? I can't defend you, but God can. And it was a good wake-up call. He said, God, I'm going to know you and receive what your word says that you will protect me. Though a thousand fall on my right and ten thousand, I, that no evil will befall me. Because you are my God and you will protect me. And that's why love drives out fear. Because I didn't know his love for me was so great that he would always protect me. Perfect love casts out, drives out fear. So all these scriptures began to become real to me. Why? Because it was time to pick up my sword because all my go-tos weren't working anymore. And he caused me to triumph. It was a crack in my foundation There's other cracks like insecurities, poor self-image, lack of confidence, addictions, fear, shyness, anxiety, worry, stress, judgments on other people, critical spirit. What do you need? You need to know him in those things. Are you sick? Know him as your healer, the one who healed all your sicknesses and diseases. Are you afraid? Know him as your defender, your protector, the God whose perfect love casts out all fear. Are you feeling depressed? Know him as the one who lifts you up out of the pit and sets you in heavenly places. Are you feeling anxious and stressed? Know him as the Prince of Peace who brings rest to your stress. Are you feeling anxious and stressed? Know him as the Prince of Peace. Are you feeling abandoned and alone? Know him as a God who promises to be with you always, who holds you in the palm of his hand. Do you feel betrayed? Betrayed. Know him as the one who was betrayed and who promises to never forsake you or turn his back on you. Do you feel unloved? Know him as the God who loves you so much that he sent Jesus to die just for you. Do you feel guilty and ashamed? Know him as the one who took your guilt, who took your shame and paid the debt with his own blood and calls you righteous. Do you need a friend? Know him as a friend who sits closer than a sister and surrounds you with favor as a shield. Do you need someone to pray for you? Hey, do you know that God is the one who can continually makes intercession for you on your behalf. Do you feel tired and overwhelmed? Know him as the one who invites you to come and find rest in him, the one who will make your load light and easy. Do you feel confused? Know him as the one who orders our steps and gives us a sound, clear-thinking mind. Do you feel defeated? Know him as the God who causes you to triumph through Christ Jesus and makes you more than a conqueror. Are you in need of anything? He is the God of more than enough. Get to know your God. This is our God. Because to know him is to trust him. And it causes that intimate relationship. You know what, ladies? We are wired to require intimacy. In relationships, that's why we're good at friendships. We tend to be the more uh, relational person in a marriage. Not always, but you know what? We're wired to need that, and you can find that in Jesus. Intimacy with him. So where do we go when we need someone to understand what we're going through? 
Hebrews 4.15 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize and understand our weaknesses and temptations, but one who has been tempted. He knows exactly how it feels to be human in every respect as we are, yet without committing any sin. See, when you understand that God understands, you'll go to him. Because the very next scripture says this, Hebrews 4.16, Therefore, it's there for a reason, isn't it? Knowing this, that God understands. We can go to him and he can sympathize and understands. He's already gone through it himself. So therefore, let us approach the throne of grace that is the throne of God's gracious favor with confidence and without fear so that we may receive mercy for our failures and find his amazing grace to help in time of need. An appropriate blessing coming just at the right moment. You can go right in with confidence that he's not looking down at you and saying, what is wrong with you? Are you back again? I thought we took care of this already. Why do we think of God that way? He says, come, just get in here. Come on, get in here. Let me love on you. Let me show you my mercy. Let me show you my grace. I will help you. But you know what? Though he understands our highs and our lows, he loves you too much to let you stay there. So be ready to move on because that's what God's going to tell you. He says, let me pick you up. You're okay. You're going to make it. Let me heal that. Yeah, I know that person shouldn't have done that to you, but just forgive him. And you know what? Let's just move through this together and you're going to be fine because I've got so much more for you to do. So let's not camp out in our pity parties. Finish the party and move on. Because there's only three people who are invited to your pity party, and that's me, myself, and I. And nobody else wants to come. But we can go to him and say, God, I need help. And he'll offer us his grace and his mercy. Let's go on to slide number two, foundational truth. Number one, know your God. Number two, choose the one thing. I love it when God makes it super simple. Because <laughs> don't you think... Yes, yes, I want to grow. Yes, this foundational thing sounds really good, but how do I do it? Well, we're trying to boil it down to some really simple things. And we're going to the story of Mary and Martha found in Luke 10. And here's Jesus. Uh, he has friends. Isn't that cool? And Mary and Martha and then the brother Lazarus, um, apparently he visited them. And here's Martha. Busy, 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 busy Martha. And she wants to... Make sure that, you know, Jesus and all of his disciples are well cared for. Nothing wrong with, with that. And then here's Mary sitting at Jesus' feet. And Martha had a problem with that. But Jesus was teaching, and Mary was receiving. And so Martha goes to Jesus, and you know the story. She says, Lord, is it of no concern to you that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Pity party, pity party, feeling sorry for myself. And, but Jesus, his reply is very telling. He says, Martha, Martha. He said it. He called her by name. He loves her. He says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered and anxious about so many things. But only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part, that which is to her advantage, which will not be taken away. And so the King James Version actually says it this way. Jesus said, but one thing is needful. Say one thing. Ooh, that just boils it down really simple. If all we do is the one thing, 
then I believe it builds a firm foundation under our feet. So Martha is busy in her serving, which is important, but it's not the one thing. The one thing is sitting at Jesus' feet and receiving receiving truth, the kind of truth that truly sets us free, the kind of truth that changes our thinking, the kind of truth that goes from the, the way of thinking to the way of believing. And what you truly believe is what is in your foundation. So it is also a choice. Jesus said, Mary has chosen this. I'm a busy Martha. And I love to serve. I even serve my husband's supper on a platter and a a tray because I enjoy doing it. It works for us. I'm not telling you you have to do that. (laughs) But my husband enjoys it, and I enjoy doing it for him. But we can get so busy in our serving that we get distracted from the one thing. So recently I heard the Holy Spirit say, be careful that you do not only talk about me, but that you take time to talk to me. Yeah. I'm really good at talking about God. I'm ministering to other people. I'm busy. I'm busy. But am I doing the one thing? Can I read the words without saying, oh, I'm going to take notes for my next message? <laughs> that's, a, that's a pit that... Teachers have to be careful of because it's still about the one thing. It's still about getting uh, filled up with the word that comes directly from God's heart to yours. And so it might be as simple, though, as saying, you know, I don't have an hour to sit and, and study the word, but I've gotten truth sitting at a red light, and God just dropped something in my heart. Oh, unpack that for me, Lord. What does that mean? Show me what you're telling me, or, you know, just folding underwear, or vacuuming. Vacuuming's a great time, because nobody can talk to me, and I can't hear him anyway, and I'm just vacuuming away, and I just hear the Holy Spirit just unpack things for me sometimes. Sometimes it's just an impression. Sometimes it's just a word. Sometimes it's just a knowing, but I believe that he draws us to that intimate one thing, to spend time with him. Spend time listening. You know, the word says we are his sheep, and he is a good shepherd, and his sheep know his voice. And the voice of a stranger they will not follow. And if you're not sure if you're hearing God or not, um, ask him to teach you. Ask him to teach you. Lord, help me to hear your voice and to know if it's just me or if it's you or if I'm listening to voices, you know, inside my head. Lord, help me to see it. And I will tell you this, I kind of already said it, what he says to you should always line up with his word and with his character. It's never condemning. It's never evil. It should lift you and not push you down. Because then you know, God, I'll receive that. I can hear you. And you have to say that with confidence. I am his sheep. Can you say this? Say, I am his sheep. You are the good shepherd. I know your voice and the voice of a stranger I will not follow. You just picked up a sword of the word, and that can become part of your foundation. That's a sure word for you today. Let's go to the foundational truth number three. We talked about know your God. Choose the one thing. Receive wisdom and revelation. 
One scripture that has been speaking to me for quite some time is found in Ephesians 1.17. And Paul says, I always pray that the Lord God, I'm sorry, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation that gives you a deep and personal and intimate insight into the true knowledge of him. We're combining all kinds of things here. There's that intimate word again. Do you think God wants to have an intimate relationship with us? Oh, yes, he does. Let's cultivate that. That's a good reason for the one thing. That's where those intimate relationships are formed when we spend that kind of time with him. And that he will grant you wisdom and revelation. I think they work well together. The power twins, wisdom and revelation. Let's talk about what the word, um, no, let's do this. Let's go to that slide that says, information. Okay. God showed this to me too. This is a foundation that we uh, operate on for impact. And I felt like I should probably share this with you (laughs) because God showed this to me. He said, information is good. We can talk about the word of God and you can be receiving information. Information's good. And I hope when you leave, you have been inspired. So we can, we can give you inspiration here. You can receive inspiration. And that's kind of like a motivation, right? But the difference between a motivating uh, speaker, because they have those, you know, they go around and they talk to groups and they're just motivational speakers, is this next one. Revelation is where we want to land. Revelation is this. The definition is the pulling back of the curtain on something that has been hidden or veiled and then suddenly becomes clear and visible to your mind and eye. It's an aha moment. We see something in a brand new way and it becomes solid in your heart, unchangeable, unshakable truth to you. It adds to the strength of your infrastructure, your foundations. And this is not just for pastors. Expect and allow God to drop truth into your heart any time of the day or night. In the wee hours of the morning, I think I hear God the clearest. Because my mouth is shut and my mind isn't cluttered. And he just downloads things sometimes just before I'm waking up. So never discount when that's going to happen. Get your spiritual antennas up and be ready for anything with the Holy Spirit, because he's always there. I believe he's always talking to us, and we are on a journey to learn to hear it and receive it. But wisdom is insight or wisdom that is not naturally attained. This is an awesome promise, ladies. God is promising to give us his wisdom. And when we don't know what to do, Because our wisdom is based on our experiences, perhaps our intelligence, maybe your discernment. But God sees the big picture. He knows the end from the beginning. And this kind of wisdom is not coming from you. It's coming from another source. And it's coming from the heavenly throne. And he says, we can ask and receive a spirit of wisdom and revelation. And like I said, I think they work wonderful together. So anybody here like that kind of help making important decisions today? Is that good to know? Okay, God, I don't get what I'm supposed to do, but show me 
by your wisdom. I am receiving your wisdom. And there's a good scripture that says that wisdom from above is, first of all, peaceable. It will manifest itself in a place of peace. Do you have peace to move forward? But I also like uh, to read from Rick Renner's Sparkling Gems. In that definition that we talked about, that revelation is like, oh, it's been there all along, and now I see it. It's like pulling back the curtains, and it was there all along, but now I really understand it. And, it, and then the wisdom that is not naturally attained, it comes from God. He says we can reword Ephesians 1.17, and it sounds like this, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ may give you special insight. I'm talking about wisdom that is not from myself. This is the divine moment when the curtains are drawn back and you are supernaturally able to see what you could never see by yourself. Wow! I think that's awesome that we can expect that God is going to do that. And when we unplug from the sources that we thought we're going to help us, and we plug into the source of God as our place of help, understanding, revelation. I want to live from revelation to revelation. I, the, one of the most recent revelations for me is when I learned that the finished work of Christ, all the healing and the... the uh, taking of our shame and our blame and all the, and our sin problem, all taken care of. And when he said it is finished, he finished it because I taught that for now for years. But when I had an understanding because of a message that I really believe opened my eyes, it was a revelation to me that it was finished in the spirit realm, but now I need to build a bridge of faith in order for it to cross over and receive, and it becomes manifest in the physical realm. And I, I shared that testimony that I was having a real difficult time with my knee. And I, I heard the Holy Spirit say, there's a new knee waiting for you in the spirit realm with your name on it. He says, do you want it? And I said, yes, it's mine. It became revelation to me. I saw it. It was so sure that it was so easy to build that bridge of faith. And I had a, a miraculous healing in that knee. And I was walking the other day. And I thought, praise you, Jesus. I didn't used to be able to do this. And I can do it. I even had to run. and went, oh, yes, strengthening in my knee. It continues. It continues. So to wrap this up. I want to um, read from Matthew 7. Build your house on the rock. That's what we're talking about. Where are our foundations? And Jesus told this story, this analogy. He says, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rains fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall. Are you that house? When the rains come and the winds blow and beat on you, when life does that, if you're built on the rock with a firm foundation, you will not fall because it has been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine, and Jesus is talking, and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rains fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell. And great was the fall of it. Let's pray. Father God, thank you that you want to build us 
our lives on a firm foundation. I pray that, Father, by your Holy Spirit, there has been revelation to receive something new this morning that becomes part of our foundation. And I pray, Father, that any cracks in our foundation, that, you will, um, that we will allow you to lead us into truth so that that foundation becomes strong, sh- un- sure, unshakable, immovable. So I know 